All right. Hey, everyone. Uh, How's it going? You're all doing well. My name is Emmanuel de la Torre. Uh, I'm going to be one of our co-hosts for this podcast, this conversation that we're going to be having on a weekly basis. Um, and we also have Nathan Sanchez on there. So I'm going to just give you a quick background of who I am, what I do, and then uh, I'll let Nathan take it from here. So um, my name is Emmanuel de la Torre. Um, I graduated with a bachelor's degree in history and a bachelor's degree in theology. I'm, I finished with a master's degree in education with a concentration in teaching. And then I'm currently working on a doctorate degree in educational leadership curriculum instruction. Uh, part of my experience as a minister, part of my experience as a servant of God, uh, I've worked in numerous capacities at the area level within the hierarchy of my organization. Um, specifically working with youth ministries, working with worship ministries. Um, I'm currently a lead pastor in San Jose at Strong Tower Community Church. I also run God With Us Ministries, uh, one of the co-founders of the ministry. And then I uh, am a consultant for Agape Ministries. I help lead the uh, education department for our network within our organization. And then uh, I'm also just a lover of history, a lover of education, curriculum, pedagogy, and whatnot. And uh, I'm currently having some Keurig coffee. It's not the best coffee, <laughs> but it does. I, I actually dislike it, but I need some caffeine this morning. So that's me in a nutshell. Uh, Pastor Nathan, Nathan, we're friends, so I'm just going to call you Nathan. Uh, go ahead. It and works. Go for All it. right. So like you said, I'm Nathan. Uh, I'm from California originally. I'm actually one of the other co-founders of God with Us Ministries with Emmanuel. Uh, we started out when we were really young, back before Emmanuel had a laundry list of titles to add to his name. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been, my studies focus on more of the theological side. My bachelor's degree is in ministry with pretty much most of my electives focusing on theology. And then also my uh, master's degree was in theology, all at Northwest University up in Washington. And so I moved up here. I've been up here for a while now, and I'm uh, an associate pastor. I love what I do. And I really get the opportunity to just minister to people. I'm working with youth. I'm working with small groups. I'm getting to see people develop in their relationship with God. And that's been super amazing to watch. Um, so big question, Emmanuel, why are we doing this? Like, what's the purpose behind us having these conversations and live streaming them? Um, we don't have anything better to do with our time. Uh, no, <laughs> that That is true. Also, I am drinking uh, some tea for Maurice's in Vancouver, Canada. It's called Paris Afternoon, and it's actually really good. Yeah, interesting. I'm going to have you're going to have to send me some of that over. Um, no. I'm, having, I'm having the curing stuff, which is not good, but Anyways, uh, why are we doing this besides the fact that we don't have, I, I joke when I say we don't have anything to do with our time, because uh, as everyone who's in ministry knows, ministry is a full-time thing and there's, you get very little rest. Uh, but part of this conversation that we're having, these conversations that we're going to have is really to fulfill our vision within God with those ministries as a whole, which is to uh, empower youth to fulfill their call engage their gifts, and expand the impacts in the culture for Christ. So that last section is really what this podcast, this conversation is about, is how do we impact our culture for Christ? And what we want to do through this podcast is have conversations on culture, have conversations on the Bible, 
and have conversations on everything that's around us sociologically, historically, so that the young people of our generation and the generations to come can be informed, but also be given tools and resources uh, for their for their calling and for them to change the landscape of our society for Jesus. Oh, yeah. And we really want to focus on questions that maybe aren't talked about so often in church, maybe questions that people think about or questions that may cause skeptics to not want to draw near to the church. And so I know today we're going to be talking about our big question, which is, does God still create? Does God still have an active hand in creation here in the world? Is there things still, you know, appearing out of nothing like in Genesis 1-1? I know the thought can tend to lead us to thinking about, is God currently creating alien planets somewhere in the universe with new life and new species of humanoids that are walking around? And that leads, you know, down the huge rabbit trail of people looking at aliens and thinking about other worlds and well did Jesus die to cover their sins too and it's a process but ultimately when we sum it down to the question of does God still create we have to look into the Bible as with everything in ministry is we always come back to the Bible and see what does the Bible say about God what does God say about himself in the Bible and then how do we relate to that um so pastor Emmanuel what is your I guess when you think of the question, does God still create, what's the biggest thought that pops up? Well, I I think about, we have the six days, right? Uh, God creates humanity. God creates everything that we see before us, trees. uh, That that is God made, right? Not the stuff that we've built. Uh, Trees, livestock, uh, the stars, et cetera, et cetera. That is all outlined in Genesis chapter one. The seventh day, it tells us that he rested. My my mindset, thinking as a human, is when you rest, it's a it's a temporary relief for you to go back to work. So throughout scriptures, we see that God is still working. God helps the people out of Israel. God is known uh, by David as his shepherd. So God is shepherding. God is still active. But the question now is, is God still creating new life? Uh, well, not necessarily life forms that's a, that's a bigger picture and i think i don't know if our time will permit for that but is god still creating uh animals is god still creating different species of plants um we're our our technology as advanced as it is is still very limited we hardly know anything about the ocean we hardly know anything about the amazon and some of these forests it's uh, i was reading an article a few weeks ago where they just discovered a new animal or you know and it's like is it a new discovery or is it a new creation? Um, and then, of course, that conversation, I hope, will lead us to this idea of deism, you know, the the, the watchmaker theory where God created a watch uh, or God is like a, a watchmaker where he set something apart and kind of put it to the side, but it's still running. So mm-hmm. I said a lot. Um, I'm going to let you lead our conversation on that. All right. Well, we're going to dig into the Bible as usual. So Genesis 1-1 is where we're going to start. And it says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And oftentimes, you know, I'll want to dig into the Hebrew and dive into that. But I think the term in the beginning is clear enough. I mean, the Hebrew literally means in the beginning. It's Berashit. And I could have butchered the pronunciation, but that's okay. 
But in the beginning, right, it's this start of all time. There's nothing, and now there's something. And it says that God created the heavens and the earth. Um, the Bible begins by establishing that God has defined himself as creator of both heaven and earth, right? That is that he has, out of his own power, right, his own spoken word or his own ability to create something, brought something from nothing. The earth and everything contained on it or by it. And that the heavens or everything on it or by it were created by him. Isaiah 40, 28 also says, do you not know and have you not heard that everlasting God, Yahweh, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? His understanding is unsearchable. So it, it begs the question, if God rested, was his rest because he was weary or tired? Or was it simply so that he could he could enjoy or take pleasure in the creation that he created, right? And you see in the creation story, anytime he created something, he's saying that was good. It's almost this idea that that's, it's designed the way he wanted it. And so have you guys ever seen a, a someone who is an artist who creates something or creates music or art and they make something and they look at it and they say, this is the final product. I'm not going to add anything else to it. I don't want to continue to add stuff to it because in its current state is the state in which I want it. And so that's almost the idea that we get with God in the in the creation story is that when he creates, he says it's good. And it's almost this completion of this is the final product that I want. And so it, it begs the question or it gives us the, the thought that if God thinks creation was good, would he still continue to be adding things to creation after having created it? And so we begin to, to think, okay, well, then how does God interact in creation? How does he create? And so 1 Corinthians 1.16 says, for in him all things were created, right? Talking about God, well, specifically talking about Jesus, but Jesus is God, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And so we see creation is not just bringing nothing from or something from nothing, but creation also ties into creating thrones, creating rulers, creating authorities. And so there's different tiers of what we understand as creation. So, Emmanuel, when you think of passages that really tie God as establishing himself as the creator and having existed before everything. What is something that you begin to think about scripturally? I, I, I want to answer that question, but I want to kind of go back into this idea of rest that you were talking about. I, I made, immediately made a connection uh, with this whole idea of God stopping what he's doing, not because he's tired, uh, as Isaiah says, not because he grows weary, uh, but how you're elaborating of just God wanting to enjoy his creation. Mm -hmm. and, Take pleasure in it, yeah. Yeah, and and I think he still does that. And I, I immediately caught connected in the passage where Jesus is being baptized, right? It says mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit came. Um, the scripture is going to use the same word rest. Clearly it has a different meaning. This time it's to, to be upon or to set upon, right? Yeah. But nonetheless, God is coming down in the, as, in the form of the Holy Spirit 
to enjoy his son. And that's where he says, in him, I am well pleased. So there's another, it was just the, the immediate connection that I made where mm-hmm. he's, he's being intentional of coming to earth and being intentional, delighting himself in his creation. In this case, it was Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, also you see that it's not just a good statement when he creates humanity. There's this statement of very good. Right. So there's almost this extra pleasure taken by God in the creation of humanity. And we'll dig into that a little bit later when we talk about uh, some other stuff. I don't want to give too many spoilers, but there's this special place that humanity has within the creation, the order of creation that God does. Yeah. So when I think about creation and going back to now, going back to your question, I I think about God makes things out of nothing. He speaks and bound. There it is. We as humans, I I would say that we have, we have power in our tongue, right? Scripture says that throughout various things, but we can't just say bird appear and it appears. Yeah, exactly. So, So in terms of my contextualization and the understanding of creation, I'm thinking, is there still moments where God is like, you know, let there be, eight-legged animals right and then another beast comes out i think that's that's what i'm referring to yeah and i don't i don't necessarily see that still happening in the bible i do see the act of creation happening say when we're praying for healing right for those of you christians who believe that god still heals and god partners with us in that he gives us with the ability to go and pray for healing we've seen you know, broken wrist restored, right? You remember that with, uh, we were teaching at teenship and, you know, one of the students jumps over a couch, decides he wants to injure himself and we prayed over it and he was playing piano that night. And so you see, we see that God still restores his creation, um, but you don't necessarily see new animals or new humanoids or new plant species coming into existence in the bible granted like you said our ability to you know have technology to find and discover and research is not as advanced as it could be and we're still discovering new species do you do um, you think do you think that that the process of creation is halted or not necessarily halted but it, it is ended with the fall of man whereas and not not as a result of the fall of man, but the fall of man kind of now begins to pervert everything that God does. So rather than God creating, he gives us the responsibility to use what we have to one procreate and two to kind of have dominion over the earth. (laughs) Yeah. To have dominion over the earth. And then also to now restore everything that was damaged. Yeah. I mean, I, we do see that biblically. We see that God, you know, he, the garden scene is almost this this is what it needs to look like this is what it should look like and then man falls with adam and eve they get moved out of the garden forcefully of course kicked out and he re-establishes relationship with them going down the line of their family and you see that the family is called to certain blessings right that they're gonna be numerous they're gonna you know, have the promised land and that through their family, there's going to be blessing over the whole earth. And so you see that there is almost this 
God's plan to restore everything by partnering with humanity, specifically in the olden times with, you know, the family of Israel and how that's going to be used to bring blessing, bring restoration, bring hope. And uh, not to get too much on a soapbox, but ultimately all that hope comes from one descendant, right? The promise in Genesis, which is that, you know, the snake will bite that your descendants heal, but his heel will crush his head. And so you have that hope coming through Jesus, who then restores everything, right? And so we can see God's recreation of man being through Jesus, right? The You look at the New Testament, it talks about you were once dead in your sins, but now you're alive in Christ, that you were an old man, now you're a new man. And so there's this almost new recreation of man through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, and how he rests on us, kind of like when you described earlier with Jesus, the Holy Spirit rests on us and recreates us, makes us new. Granted, I'm off my soapbox now, so. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to hop in there. I just love, I love the, the imagery that the New Testament uses when Paul says to put on Christ. When yeah, I was just reading that a few days ago, and I was just like blown away, like, you think about Christ as a, some sort of garment, right? You think about him as some sort of a, like putting him on on a daily thing. And it's just, that's the, the, the process of being made new. Yeah. I get excited. For scriptures. <clears throat> so yeah. one of the, one of the passages that actually are beautiful at describing God as creator, like from God's own mouth is a uh, Job 38. And it's this, like I said, this beautiful illustration by God where he's showing his infiniteness over humanity in a conversation with Job. Job is upset with God and questioning him. Um, if you guys remember the story of Job, Job, uh, that Satan gets permission from God to really attack Job and take his possessions, kill his family, plague him with sickness and all these other painful things that really humanity suffers through and so god allows satan to do that because we remember god is sovereign god has all authority but god does not allow satan to take job's life and so job is processing through this suffering that he's dealing with and he's questioning god and god's reply to job i always say is he's roasting him he's a savage and he's reminding him that he is in fact the one who knows everything and job doesn't um, I'm going to read just a few snippets. I don't want to get too far because this fills Job 38 and 39. And this is this. Then uh, Yahweh. Nathan, oh, yeah. You reading, can you just clarify what version of the Bible that you're using? Uh, yes. Yes. So to uh, Pastor Emmanuel's dis dismay, I'm reading out of the LSB and not the ESV. That's the Legacy Standard Bible. Uh, I just recently bought one and I love it. So but yeah, going back to it yeah moving forward i'm going to be using the esv because i'm faithful to it nathan will be <laughs> using the lsb uh just kind of deal with us in our because i'm wayward and <laughs> yeah and i'm not so <laughs> but... okay he says this then yahweh answered job out of the whirlwind and said who is this that darkens counsel and by words without knowledge and then he says this which i always it always makes me laugh. It says, now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you will make me know. And so it's this reversal of roles where God is like, all right, Job, time to be a big boy. 
I'm going to ask you some questions and now you inform me, you educate me out of your vastness of wisdom. And then he says this, he says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know understanding. Two, who set its measurements since you know? And who stretched the line on it? And on what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who enclosed the sea with its door? When bursting forth, it went out from the womb. And when I made a cloud, its garment and a dense gloom, its swaddling bland, band. And I placed boundaries on it and set a bolt and doors. And I said, thus far you shall come and no further. And here shall your proud waves stop. So it's almost this God re-reminding Job the creation story. And looking at, were you there when I created everything? When I established and determined the boundary line from this is how far the waves can come. And no further because I have determined it so. And so he looks at Job and says, do you know this? Because I do. And so you see very clearly, and you guys can read it on your own. I don't want to take up too much of your time reading in uh, Job 38, 39, where God will take Job on a journey through, have you done this? Have you ever seen this? How do you know this? And he reminds Job essentially his place in the world and how God is in fact sovereign and creator and establisher of everything. So it's this huge, beautiful passage, and I love it a lot. It's one of my favorite parts of the Bible because it really shows us who God is in creation. Yeah. All right. I, oh, can I? Can I? No, yeah, go for it. Interject. Okay. I'm thinking about this scripture. Um, some words that stand out to me are like boundaries, um, foundations. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the, like the two common ones, cornerstones. And I think about these words because when you think about the language that's being used by God to Job, he's letting us know that he's cre- created a template. He's created cycles. Yeah. He's created um, kind of like this, I, I guess the word would be cycle, right? We're talking about, we talk yeah. about procreation, right? Humans uh, continue this, not necessarily creation of God, uh, but we're reproducing. Uh, the same thing can be said about animals and anything that has mm-hmm. uh, yep. sort of breath, right? Or uh, not breath wouldn't be the right word, but is able to reproduce plants, um, bees, animals, whatever, right? And then mm-hmm. you think about seasons. Seasons are not able to reproduce, but they're very cyclical. You expect rain yep. during a certain time period. Uh, and I like this word foundations because God doesn't need to make it rain anymore. He created a cycle of rain. God doesn't need to, um, he doesn't need to create new bears. Bears reproduce themselves. Um, Yeah, it's just, I, I, I got this understanding from Job that while God is able to do it because he's the creator, we didn't touch on this at the beginning, but the attributes of God, um, all powerful, all knowing, and all present. The the uh, um, uh, the omnis. Uh, yeah. We didn't touch on it, but he is able to, according to the scripture. He's just created these forms for everything to develop on its own, uh, which is all based off of the premise of free will. Yeah. And 
this is why it's so important for us to be good stewards. It's important for us to take care and to to reproduce, as the scripture has told us, to be fruitful and multiply, because it's all on the premise of free will. Oh, yeah. How we take care of all of that is around us, us littering, us taking care of uh, of these, you know, of our environment in the sense of don't go into an, a place that has pollution, right? Because you're going to damage your own health. Uh, and just ideas like that is 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 really our responsibility. And I know I'm deviating a bit, but ultimately we have to take care of the things that God has given us. Oh, yeah. And since we only got a few minutes left, I'm going to re-dive us back into the question of does God still currently create? I know I already mentioned God's creation of the new man. And in our lives, it's a recreation in us to make us more like Jesus. But he also recreates when we're looking at, like Pastor Emmanuel was talking about, or Emmanuel, um, that life in the womb. And so um, the the process of us creating, where God still has a hand in that. We see in Psalms 139, verse 13 through 16, it says, For you, speaking about God, formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. And I give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unshaped substance, and in your book, all of them were written. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was not one of them. And so we see that there is some care and attention that God places in the act of creation, of creating children in their mother's wombs. So it says that he formed the inward parts, the organs, the life's essential body parts were created by God, a creation that is fearfully, wonderfully made. And there's intrinsic value in life that is created by God on a daily basis all around the world. And so you see that God's hand in creation is still partnering with us as we create, as we procreate, right? The word procreate means we create with God. We we are not the, we do initiate, but it's not dependent on us. It's dependent on God. God is the one who creates life. He's the one who sustains life, right? It says in the beginning in Genesis three, that he breathed his breath into the nostrils of man. And so we have life because of him. So again, off my soapbox, but we're looking at creation. And that's really how we see God every day creating alongside man. Any final thoughts, Pastor, before we uh, get on with it? Uh, I'm just, I, I, scripture excites me. And I, I lately I've been just fascinated with language, right? Uh, and you yeah. know, this just verbiage and unnecessary nomenclature that excites <laughs> me. Anyways, uh, just the way that God is being descriptive here, I'm just blown away. And of course, he's given all scriptures God breathe. Uh, the the author, yeah. the word choice that he's given here, intrinsically woven. Uh, yeah. Just the idea of fearfully and wonderfully made. And whether, whether God are, continues to create or not, it doesn't disqualify the beauty that he's created all around us. Um, and it doesn't disqualify that he wants to return us to that fearfully and wonderfully made creation. Uh, I am reminded to the scripture that I am a sinner. I am reminded yeah. to the scripture that sometimes I may not look wonderful. I may not look fearful emotionally and spiritually, right? We will disconnect from God's original design. 
Uh, we will disconnect from God because of the sinful nature that we have in us. But I am just mm. so in awe of God's grace and forgiveness that he allows us and realigns us to that image. Uh, it, it, it is a reminder that God has entrusted me as a sinner with his, his will and his plans. And mm-hmm. I want to, I want to please him in all that I do.